afternoon, America, and welcome to the Dean's List. From states doing their best to dumb down education to states doing their best to elevate it, we are going to cover the, the range of the gamut today. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are happy to have you on board. Please feel free to send us an email, thedean.list at protonmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, the Dean's List 33. The Dean's List 33. I have the uh I have the receipts. I have the receipts posted on Instagram. It shows the the detail of decline that that really as a as a country we've gone through since the 1960s. Oh, the left just gets so angry when I say that. But it's true. The stats don't lie, folks. The stats don't lie. And the most important stat, which I think we're going to get into today a little bit, is the decline of SAT scores between the 1960s and the late 90s. The SAT scores were in a free fall, an absolute free fall, until the SAT decided they needed to change their uh, change how they how they go about things. We we have to we have to make things more equal. We really have to to change this test to, to make things more equal. Translation: We have to change this test up because it really you know we're we're proving how how dumb American students are because they they can't pass this test. The test hadn't changed in decades. I mean, it was the same test we were given in the in the 1920s or 30s. It 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 hadn't changed. And then in the 60s, post 60s, uh, students weren't they they just weren't able to to pass it. At least not in the numbers that that they had been passing it. And so the the SAT board decided, yeah, we gotta. We got to change things up. And lo and behold, however, news is coming out of the state of Florida. I'm going to pull up this article here from Liam Knox. And this article is entitled, Florida System Adopts the Classic Learning Test. What is the classic learning test, you may ask? Well, it is really a competitor to the SAT and the ACT, ultimately. It, it's got classic in its name. Many of the, the classical Christian schools, the, the classic charter schools, they're all opting to take this test. It's been around since 2015. And the SAT and the ACT, of course, are screaming, it's not been around long enough. It's got to be around longer so it can be proven. Well, I think they're just a, a little upset that another... Another group has come along to take a piece of the pie. Jeremy Tate, the founder of the Classic Learning Test, said, what's happening in Florida is part of a broader movement in education. Education circles are frustrated with progressive influence. And that is true. They are. Uh, parents are frustrated with progressive influence. And there are many good educators out there that are frustrated with the progressive influence. They're frustrated with, with having to go to 
teacher trainings that instruct them on how to use the gender unicorn. There are good teachers and good administrators out there that are just frustrated with having their hands tied. It's certainly a lot bigger than just the test itself, Tate said. I think everybody knows there's something deeply, deeply wrong in mainstream education right now. And he's right. There is something deeply, deeply wrong. So uh, last week, the Board of Governors of the State University System of Florida voted to accept the classic learning test, which is a standardized testing alternative to the SAT and ACT. The Florida State University System has 12 campuses, uh, or, or the article says, yeah, the 12 campuses are starting the test this fall. Again, this article is from Liam Knox. He goes on to say, Florida is the first state higher education system to approve the exam, which focuses on the, quote, classical Western and Christian canon. Designed in 2015, it has so far been used mostly by Christian colleges and select private institutions like the conservative Hillsdale College and the classics-focused St. John's College. The Florida vote passed 13 to 1. The sole objector, faculty representative Amanda Phelan, said the exam had not been sufficiently researched or even around for long enough to ensure it was of equal or comparable quality to the SAT or the ACT. So out of the 14 uh, members of the Florida Board of Governors, only one said, yeah, I don't know. It's not really been, a, been, been around long enough. You know, 2015, I don't know, eight years, that's not long enough. You know, it's true. The the CLT has not been uh, around as long as the ACT or the SAT. But it's also true that the SAT and the ACT are, are I want to be nice. I really do. I want to be, be nice, but they are, uh, they're progressive liberal tests that uh, I just deem be nice. Be nice. Okay. I'm looking at another article here entitled uh, Florida to become first state to accept a classical alternative. And this is out of uh, NBC News. So here's what NBC reports. The college board said in a statement to NBC News that because standardized tests can be such keystones for students' career tra trajectories that, quote, it's critical that those tests are well-researched and carefully developed to ensure fairness. Hmm. It has a team of experts to evaluate its, its exams. So the college board is this group that DeSantis has gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with. This uh, NBC article points this out, that there was a, a high-profile dispute between DeSantis and the college board over an advanced placement African-American history course. Uh, DeSantis accused the advanced placement course of left-wing bias 
and he began looking for alternatives to other college board products. DeSantis isn't wrong. Uh, Much of the college board testing has a left-wing bias. The advanced placement courses actually have advanced left-wing biases in them. He is he's absolutely 100% correct on this. So, so the college board says it's critical that the tests are well-researched and carefully developed to, quote, ensure fairness. All right. Memo to the college board. It is critical that your tests are well-researched and developed to measure the knowledge of the students. That's the purpose of the test. Not to be researched and carefully developed to ensure fairness. How is it that tests should be developed to ensure fairness? Do you see where we're at here? So at the end, and, and I I pointed this out to you, on my Instagram page, we've got the receipts. Uh, we show the statistics from, 19, from the 1960s, early 60s, 62, 63 to the late 90s. You can look on there and you can see the SAT scores plummet, absolutely plummet. However, what I don't have on there are the SAT scores from the Christian schools. The scores of the the Christian schools remain high. They remain high and consistent with pre-62-63 scores. When you look at the the SAT plummeting, it, it would actually be worse. The, the, the plummeting would be worse if the Christian school scores were not mixed in there. But because the Christian school scores are mixed in there, the plummeting is, is not as bad. But if, if you were to extract the scores from the, the Christian schools, you see those scores remain high. The public school scores continue to tank. So what the SAT had to do to ensure fairness was to change the SAT. They actually had to change the test because you know you, you couldn't have the public schools tanking it while the Christian schools continued to knock it out of the park. So the test changed. It's now a test of fairness. It's not a test that accurately gauges the ability of the student. It's a test to ensure fairness. And so the college board is upset about the CLT coming along. You know, they don't want the CLT. Uh, This NBC article says the college board posted an analysis this month that criticized the CLT's methodology and rigor. Tate, the CLT founder, said the college board has been trying to discredit his exam by saying it needs more participants to be proven. But that, he said, is untrue. Quote, they want to say unless you have 500,000 data points, then any of your research is completely inaccurate. And that's a good way to keep competitors out of the market. Mm, yeah. Yep. That's what uh, that's what the college board wants. Uh, we can't have the CLT coming, coming along. No, we, we I mean, this is this is bad for business. 
and, and especially it's bad for business when the entire Florida system, the state of Florida university system has voted in a 13 to one vote to accept the CLT. Mm, mm-hmm. This is bad news for the college board. This NBC article continues. The CLT was designed to eschew the common core curriculum standards and intentionally favor Aristotle, Benjamin Franklin, and Jane Austen over 20th century progressive authors. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. You nailed that one. Christopher Newport University in Virginia became the first public school university to accept the CLT in 2018. It quickly caught on with homeschoolers and private Christian schools and colleges. So Christian schools like mine, Waterbrook Christian Academy, we use the CLT. Our students take the classical learning test. It is a rich test. It's full of rigor. It it does an excellent job of measuring the knowledge of the student in a who's being educated really in in a rich in a rich western culture so it doesn't include for example in its in its questions or its story problems it it doesn't include any any progressive leftism and the left hates that oh they're so mad about it they you know how how dare you not include Marxist ideology in your test. Oh, let's see. There's a there's a quote here I want. Oh, here it is. Akil Bello. I'm sorry, Mr. or Mrs. I'm not sure if you're a male or a female, and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing your name right. My apologies if I'm not. Akil Bello, who ran a test preparation company and is a senior director at the Civil Rights Education Group Fair Test said the CLT's focus on classical texts and century-old teaching methods doesn't serve students well. How dare they focus on century-old teaching methods? How dare they focus on the on the, the tried-and-true methods? They should be focusing on, you know, the new things that we're doing in education. Because education is ever-growing. It's, it's ever-expanding. You know, it's, it's kind of like case precedent. It's, it's kind of like, you know, how in the early 1900s when Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. from the Supreme Court bench decided, hey, let's let the law breathe and expand and grow. Let's let's let the law change with the times. You know, the, the law shouldn't be fixed. The law shouldn't be immutable. It shouldn't be concrete. It should change. And so we should change with it. This is the same idea here. How dare they focus on classical texts and century-old teaching methods? Those century-old teaching methods, according to Akil Bello, don't serve students well. No, they don't. They don't even teach the student how their how their gender can change. I mean, there's no mention of the gender unicorn in the classical learning test. How can it be an accurate test if there's no mention of the gender unicorn? How? Not a test. All right. I mean, he doesn't say that, but, you know, I'm kind of reading between the lines here. Quote, 
it pretends that we haven't moved forward 50 years and technology isn't entirely different than it was. And the way students interact with the world isn't entirely different than it was. Okay. Um, you know, I don't think it pretends that we haven't moved forward 50 years. I, I don't think it pretends that technology isn't different or even that, you know, we interact with the world differently. You know, Mr. or Mrs. Bellow, you, you can read an old book and you can learn a lot from it. You can you can read Aristotle, you know, without pretending that we haven't moved forward 50 years. It pretends that we haven't moved forward 50 years. And there's 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 no discussion in there about pretending that their students can be a different gender or not. Okay, again, I'm 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 adding to his words. I apologize. I'm reading between the lines though. Bellow continues. The older the language you use, the more likely you're not evaluating a student's ability to understand what's read. You're evaluating their comfort with old English. Oh boy. I could not disagree with this more, you know, because in a classical school, we teach Latin. And he says, the older the language you use, the more likely you're not evaluating a student's ability to understand what's read. Oh, boy, here we go. Heads are starting to spin. Okay, we'll get into it on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I am Dean Bowen. We are happy to have you on board today on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. You can find us here Monday through Fridays, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. We are happy that you have decided to join us today. We are talking about Florida deciding 
that they're going to accept the classical learning test. The Board of Governors, in a vote of 13 to 1, said that the all of the, the public universities and the Florida University system will accept the classical learning test as a competitive test to the SAT and the ACT. And the College Board is not happy about this. They are not happy about it at all. We, however, uh, believe it's a right or it's a move in the right direction. While yesterday we we looked at Oregon and we saw how the, the, the state government leaders in Oregon are dumbing down education by completely removing any type of academic standard for the three R's reading, writing, and, and arithmetic. You, you don't have to you don't have to meet proficiency in reading, writing, and arithmetic in order to graduate in the state of Oregon. Oh, that's not true, Dean. You have to meet some sort of proficiency. No. No, as a matter of fact, you don't. And this law in Oregon was signed secretively. There was no big celebration, no baruhaha, no press conference with with 20 kids standing behind the governor while she signed the bill. No, it was all done uh, without any fanfare. Matter of fact, after the vote was taken, after the, 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 the governor signed it, it wasn't even published for an additional 15 days. They're just like hoping... Uh, we hope nobody sees this or hears about it, and, and now they have to try to cover their tracks. And so people are asking, you know, why would you do this? Oh, it's only for three years. And we just, you know, we're just coming out of, out of you know, this COVID pandemic, and we just really need time to assess how, how you know, our, our standards. We just, we, we want to make sure our assessments are good for all the students, and we just need time to do that. So for three years, we are going to to remove all requirements so we can look at this. You know, it doesn't make sense. You just, I mean, if you want to look at the assessments, look at them, but don't don't dispose of your proficiency requirements. Juxtaposed, we have Florida. And the state leadership in Florida is doing the exact opposite. They want higher standards. You know, Governor DeSantis, you know, say what you want to say about him on, on the national level. But in the state of Florida, he continues to just hammer it out of the park. He, he wants to raise the bar. And so the Florida Board of Governors voted 13 to 1 to except the classical learning test. I've got a couple of articles here that I'm going side by side. Uh, Liam Knox from the Education Institute. And then I've got an article from NBC News. The uh, The article from NBC News is where I, I finished the last segment. And I, I was quoting uh, an individual by the name of Akil Bello. And I hope I'm getting your, your name right. Akil Bello. Uh, is a senior director at the Civil Rights Education Group Fair Test, and he says that the uh, CL or she, maybe I'm not sure. This person says the CLTs focus on classical texts and century-old teaching methods don't serve students well. So you really shouldn't, um, you know, you you don't need to go to these old texts. I mean, it's like 
the governor out there in California. What's his name? Newsom. You know, he was complaining because the Temecula Valley School Board was using outdated texts that are 17 years old. How dare they? Whereas, you know, schools like Waterbrook Christian, my school, and schools that use the uh, the classical learning test, you know, we're we're reading books that are thousands of years old because we believe that there is knowledge to be gained. But Akil Bello says these century-old teaching methods, they don't serve students well. Century-old teaching methods who don't serve students well. I am, I've got a book here in my left hand. I've just got, uh, if you could see me, I've got piles of just papers and books. I, I'm surrounded in this moment, which is, it's a good thing to be surrounded by books. I've got a book in my left hand entitled Four Centuries of American Education, written by David Barton. If you uh, if you want a good read, if you are a homeschool parent and you want to find a book for your kids, a textbook, you just go to Wall Builders. Go to Wall Builders and just start, you know, whatever David Barton has written, I encourage you to buy it. You will not be disappointed. There are some books that I encourage you to use as textbooks. Um, there's a couple books, you know, that I'm thinking off the top of my head uh, that, you know, a middle school history book, you know, one called the, the Beginning, and then a high school history book you could use that he's written called Original Intent. Holy cow, you're going to have some smart kids, I promise you. This book is called Four Centuries of American Education. It's not a thick book. It's just a little book but it's packed with info. So I'm going to read to you uh, from page four. There were elementary math problems during the 18, or, or these uh, are elementary math problems during the 1860s. Okay. So Akil Bello in the NBC News article says, that the CLT focuses on classical texts and century-old teaching methods that don't serve students well. All right, so let me let me tell you what the century-old teaching methods, how they served the students in the 1860s. Uh, here is a, a math problem. I insured two-thirds of a shop worth $3,600 and four-fifths of a house worth $6,000. I paid $126. What was the rate of insurance? You guys right now are like, what? I mean, what just happened? What, was that? what, what? That's a math problem? This is an elementary math problem. This is from an elementary math textbook. Here's another one. How much money must be given with $900 shares at 15% discount in exchange for $800 bonds at 2% discount? Mm -hmm. That is from an elementary math textbook in the 1860s. But Akil Bello says that century-old teaching methods don't serve students well. I mean, Maybe they don't serve our students well now because our students probably couldn't solve this math problem. Because we stopped 
using these century-old teaching methods. That's why they won't serve students well, because we stopped. The point is, let's go back. Consider also the math problems from an 1877 mental math text. Oh, did you catch that? Mental math, all right? This is a text in which students solve the problems mentally. No pencil or paper was allowed. Okay, strap in. I mean, hold on. If you can do this, if you can legitimately do this math problem in your head without using pencil and paper, I mean, I'll give you 10 minutes. Let's 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 pause the let's pause the clock and you take 10 minutes and just see if you can mentally do this first one. Okay, here it is. A boat worth $864, of which one-eighth belonged to A, one-fourth belonged to B, and the rest to C, was lost. What loss did each sustain, it having been insured for $500? Okay, okay, do that in your head. Right, right now when your mark gets set, go. Okay, this is from 1877, and it's mental math. You cannot use pencil or paper. Mm, yeah, I mean, right now you're just, some of you are challenged, okay? If you're listening to this on podcast, some of you are pausing me right now, and you're, you're, you're rewinding, which is great, and you're going to try to do this in your head. I encourage you, write it down, write down the problem, and take 10 minutes just 10 minutes and see if you can do this in your head. And then let me know if you could or not. You know, send me an email, thedean.list at protonmail.com. I would love to know if you're pulling this off. Okay, here's another one. This is mental math. No pencil or paper allowed. On a farm, there are 60 animals, horses, cows, and sheep. For each horse, there are three cows. For each cow, there are two sheep. How many animals of each kind? On your mark, get set, go. Do, 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 do. I mean, mental math, folks. 1877, elementary textbooks. But century-old teaching methods do not serve our students well. Okay, here's a third one. Here it is, number three. If seven men can do a piece of work in four days. And what time can it be done if three of the men leave because they're liberals and they have to, you know, they have to take an extended lunch break when the work is half completed? Uh, see, I, I interrupted it because, you know, I was having too much fun. I'm going to read it without my interruption. Let's see if you can mentally pull this off. If seven men can do a piece of work in four days, and what time can it be done if three of the men leave when the work is half completed? Oh, these were mental math problems for elementary students in 1877. Friends, we are, we're not there anymore. We are not there anymore. All right. Uh, you know what? We, seniors, I don't think, could do this in their head. You know I mean, I'm struggling to do this in my head right now. And and we had elementary students doing this in their head. I'm struggling to do it on paper, for crying out loud. And, and in 1877, we had elementary students doing this in their heads. But 
Akil Bello is complaining that the classical learning test focuses on classical texts and century-old teaching methods that don't serve students well. I am sorry, but century-old teaching methods are the only thing that's going to serve the student well. What isn't serving the student well is pulling them aside and telling them that their feelings of anxiety and depression are because they're probably the opposite gender. That's not serving the student well. What's not serving the student well is lying to them and telling them that they can actually be the opposite gender than how they were born. That is not serving the student well. Oh, man, this just, this this inflames me. Are you equally inflamed? Because, all right, here's one more. This is from David Barton's book, Four Centuries of American Education. And I'm only on, on page five. I mean, I just opened up the book and the first one, two, the first three pages just punch you in the mouth. Okay, consider the questions in an 1882 history text. Okay, so tell me if you can answer this. If you can answer these questions. What is a writ of habeas corpus? Okay, this is an, an, an elementary history text, 1882. Now, you've heard the phrase writ of habeas corpus. Do you know what it is? What is a bill of attainder? Uh, we should have talked about this last week when we were doing our deep dive into, into Matt Gates, you know, because Matt Gates said that, uh, you know, the, the complaint about the Constitution is it's not a religious document. It's, there's nothing religious about it. When in fact, there is, uh, there was strong evidence that the foundation of the Constitution is, is religious. And Bill of Attainder is a part of that foundation. You know, we didn't get into it. So the second question in the history text is, what is a Bill of Attainder? 1882, elementary history text. Do you know what a Bill of Attainder is? Number three, what is an ex post facto law? I know you've heard that, but do you know what it is? And then uh, here's a good one. Here, here is a good question for the elementary students in 1882. Enumerate the powers denied to the several states. Today, our kids are like, well, what's enumerate mean? I don't know enumerate. And what does several states mean? I don't know. Uh, Last question, what are bills of credit? What are bills of credit? Well, Dean, we don't even use that phrase anymore, bills of credit. No one says bill of attainder. I mean, we don't even know what habeas corpus is. Well, you would if you taught your students Latin. And that is that is the one of the core elements of a of a classical a classical education is Latin. But uh, Akil Bello says, you know, in reference to the CLT, it says, it pretends that we haven't moved forward 50 years, and technology isn't entirely different than it was. The way students interact with the world isn't entirely different than it was. 
The older the language you use, the more likely you're not evaluating a student's ability to understand what's read. And we have kids today that would say, what's habeas corpus? I mean, but you, you shouldn't read that old language, Latin. Don't teach Latin. Why would you teach Latin? Latin's a dead language. No one speaks Latin anymore. I hear this all the time. Why do we have to learn Latin? Mr. Bowen, why do we have to learn Latin? No one even speaks it anymore. My parents say Latin's a dead language. Well, uh, it's not actually a dead language. G.K. Chesterton, Chesterton said, Latin is not dead, it's immortal. Oh, it is so true. It, and, it, you know, but Bello says, the older the language you use, the more likely you're not evaluating a student's ability to understand what's read. I'm going to tell you why teaching Latin. Oh, I don't have time. All right, we're, we're, we are running up against a break. So on the other side of the break, I'm going to tell you why teaching Latin makes it more likely you are evaluating a student's ability to understand what's read. It's the exact opposite of what Bella was telling us here. This is why we teach Latin. This is why we study it at Waterbrook Christian Academy, because it allows you to evaluate at a richer, deeper level the student's ability to understand. Okay, we will pick it up on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Change in the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD.
Welcome back to the Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I am Dean Bowen. You can reach us at the email, uh, thedean.list at protonmail.com. That is our email address, thedean.list at protonmail.com. Or you can follow us on Instagram, the Dean's List 33, the Dean's List 33. We are happy that you are joining us today on America Out Loud. We are here Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. And, of course, you can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are there. We're happy to have you along. So we are talking about the Florida Board of Governors who are you know, essentially in char- charge of the uh, university education system, the, the public universities in Florida. And they uh, voted last week to accept the classical learning test as a standardized test that they use to accept students. This was a 13 to 1 vote. And um, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis uh, really wants to raise the bar. He wants to raise the bar in Florida while other states want to get rid of the bar altogether. And we're looking at one of the critics of the classical learning test, Akil Bello, and some things that uh, Bello has to say. And we, we finished that last segment with Bello saying, the older the language you use, the more likely you are, you're not evaluating a student's ability to understand what's read. You're evaluating their comfort with Old English. And we could not disagree with that more. Personally, I could not, um, I don't know, I, I, I could not be further away from that opinion. It's my position that the older the language you use, such as Latin, for example, the more likely you are evaluating a student's ability to understand what's read. Um, specifically Latin. I think you, if you are teaching a student Latin, then you are giving that student an ability to comprehend. I am I'm holding an article here in my right hand entitled Top Reasons for Studying Latin. And this is just really, I don't even know, it's, it's, it's bullet points, really. I don't think it counts as an article. It's just bullet points. But these 10 reasons are so, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say they're obvious because they're, they're, they're not obvious because I get this question at, at Waterbrook all the time. Why Latin? Uh, I don't, I don't want my, my son or daughter to, to learn Latin. It's a dead language. It's not going to get them anywhere. I mean, they're not going to speak Latin to anybody. Well, all right. I mean, I get that on the surface. However, there are deeper richer reasons why we study Latin. Number two, I'm just I'm just gonna pull up number two. Half of our English vocabulary is made up of Latin root words. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. Students have learned the English word father, for example, but as they progress through school, they meet a whole new set of words, words that have three to five syllables. Words like paternalism, expatriate, and patronize. These are difficult, they're abstract, and they come from the Latin word for father, which is pater or patris. 
How do we teach these Latin words masquerading as English? Well, we do so by, by teaching Latin. We teach elementary students the Latin word for father. And then they understand the root for the word paternalism, expatriate, and patronize. Huh, very interesting. Latin provides the root words for all of the modern sciences. Did you know that? We live in an age dominated by science. So parents often ask, why study something useless and impractical like Latin? What we need is more science and math and education. Well, okay. I mean, I buy that. We think science is important too. So important that we strongly recommend Latin when we're teaching these science classes, biology, chemistry, astronomy, psychology, sociology, economics. Latin provides most of the root words for the specialized vocabularies of the modern sciences. Did you know that? The first task in learning a new subject is to learn the vocabulary. That is half the battle. So we study Latin. Latin is also the language of law, government, logic, and theology. The Romans excelled in the practical area of law and government, and it is from them that we derive our legal and political language. All legal terms are Latin, and although logic was first explained by Aristotle in Greek, it was really developed and systematized by the schoolmen in the Middle Ages in Latin. In the West, even Christian theology was worked out in Latin. Many of the original words were Greek, but they were all filtered through Latin. Many well-known theological concepts are in Latin. We are created, amago, amago Dei, in the image of God, and ex nihilo, from nothing. Latin. Latin is the root. Uh, I mean, I could keep going on. I could keep going and going. Latin is the next step after phonics. This is the number one reason that, that this author, Cheryl Lowe, she's the author of this bullet point article. Her number one reason for teaching Latin. Latin is the next step after phonics. Well, I wish we taught phonics still in public schools. I don't know. Maybe some public schools have, have gone back to phonics, but here it is. We all understand the importance of phonics the systematic study of the English letters and their sounds. But phonics only covers half of our language. The concrete words that students learn to speak and read first. English is a hybrid language. It's a marriage of the concrete Germanic influence along with Latin. So it's the Germanic influence of the concrete words that's married with the Latin words. And that creates our English language. Beginning in third grade, students start to encounter the Latin half of English. Latin words are bigger and harder and have more syllables, more abstract meanings, and different pronunciation and spelling patterns. The only truly systematic and orderly way to continue the study of the English language after phonics is to teach Latin. I couldn't agree more. I just... Um, I mean, it, it goes on and on and on. Uh, Latin effectively develops and trains the mind. It connects the subjects. It, I just, 
But yet, Akil Bello says that the older the language you use, the more likely you're not evaluating a student's ability to understand what's read. Well, Mr. Bellow or Miss Bellow, uh, we could not disagree more. We truly couldn't. The, the, the elements and the foundation that make up the classical education system is it's the foundation, it's the elements that created this system when our students could mentally mentally do do math problems in elementary classes that asked them on a farm there are 60 animals, horses, cows, and sheep. For each horse there are three cows and for each cow there are two sheep. How many animals of each kind they had to do that in their head? Uh, that that came through a classical system. And this this is why I I say you'll hear me say it all the time that if you have an opportunity to put your student in a in a school that offers or provides a classical education, do it. Get your student in that school because they are going to be richer for it. They're going to be better for it. They're going to have a they're going to have a foundation like no other. It's it's going to be a lot different than, you know, learning the gender unicorn. It, the unicorn, which is is so ironic. I mean, the irony here is rich because the unicorn doesn't exist. It's it's not a thing. D, d, you know, d, you see that the 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 unicorn is a fictitious animal. I mean, might have it existed, you know, at some point in time. Maybe I don't know. It's not around today. The un the unicorn doesn't exist, but the gender unicorn is what they use to teach children something also that doesn't exist, and that is that that you can choose to be a different gender. That is not a thing. That, my friends, doesn't exist. Uh huh. And, and and the fact that we have schools going along with that lie, we have um, we have teachers that that say, yeah, it's okay, yeah, this uh, it it's fine. You can go ahead and 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 get on with that lie. The kids need to the kids need to know about it. It um, it it just makes me beside myself. And then you know we have somebody like Akil Bello who's going to to tell us that we we shouldn't use century old teaching methods because they don't serve the the students well and that you you just can't evaluate properly i said i've got a couple of articles going here i've been reading from an nbc article i've been reading also from an article written by uh by liam knox with the education institute and Liam says, he says this, the move to approve the CLT at Florida's largest public university system follows a year of right-wing political involvement in the state's higher education institutions, including a recent spat of conflicts with the college board, the nonprofit organization that administers the SATs. Uh, 
I think the the mistake here that the left wants to make is, you know, ultimately they want to make the the CLT, the classical learning test, and classical education a political thing. When in in essence, it's just education. It's what education used to be. And that's why it's called classic. You know, we threw out the the analogy of the of of Pepsi Cola versus Coca Cola a couple of weeks ago in the Pepsi Cola challenge, and how the Pepsi Cola challenge was sweeping the nation, and nine out of ten people were choosing Pepsi over Coke, and when Coke internally replicated the study, they discovered, oh man, it's right because nine nine out of ten people inside of Coke were choosing Pepsi over Coke, and a a blindfold taste test. And Coke was like, we got to do something. Let's change the formula to be more like Pepsi. And they had new Coke and and the Coca-Cola faithful went through the roof. What are you doing? We don't want this new Coke garbage. We like Coke because it's Coke, not because it's Pepsi. So what did Coke do? They went back to the old formula and they called it Coca-Cola Classic because it's what Coke used to be. And uh, that's all classical education is. It's not uh, It's not right versus left. I mean, the left hate it because they don't like what education used to be, and the right love it because they want education to go back to what it used to be. But it's, it's not political. It's just education. Of course, you know, the media will turn it into a political thing. This article continues. Many critics of CLT argue it places too heavy an emphasis on biblical passages and traditional Western thought. And the authors represented are largely white men with questionable positions on race, LGBTQ rights, and multiculturalism. Well, I mean, okay, you got us there. I don't think the emphasis is too heavy, though. I don't think the emphasis on biblical passages and traditional Western thought is too heavy. Oh, this article also cites Akil Bello. So Akil Bello is everywhere. Akil Bello is uh, making the rounds. And this article says uh, uh, that this statement from Akil Bello, this decision shows that DeSantis doesn't care about research, education, science, or students. There's a reason this test is usually used at Bible colleges and seminaries. The point is to be able to identify those who agree with your ideology. Oh, boy. Oh, I just, uh, this decision to use the classical learning test shows that DeSantis doesn't care about research. He doesn't care about education. He certainly doesn't care about science or students. Um, no, I think DeSantis doesn't care about a left-wing uh, propaganda machine that the college board is is purporting on our, our students. That's what DeSantis doesn't care about. Uh, Bellow says, okay, I mean, I, I guess I kind of uh, agree with Bellow here. Y- you know, the point is to be able to identify those who agree with your ideology. I mean, Bellow, you do the same thing. You you want to identify people who agree with your ideology, right? I mean, that's why you you want to use the SAT and the ACT. 
Um, I don't, I don't see it as being any different. I really don't. Uh, I just, Jeremy Tate, he's quoted in this article. He is the founder of CLT. He says, the source material is different, and we fundamentally reject the College Board and ACT sensitivity committees that have gotten totally out of control. At the end of the day, we're measuring the same things, and we've shown we can do it just as well, if not better. So, yeah, he's acknowledging the source material is different. You know, we're, we're going to use passages from the Bible. We're going to use passages from Western tradition, from Aristotle, from from Socrates, from from Cicero. We're you know we're we're, we're not going to use a passage that you know that the left wing teacher at the public school you know was going to use down the road. It's it, it's going to be a a richer source material. Sure, okay, we'll buy that. Um, you know, can we complain about that? I don't think we can complain about that. We absolutely love it. We love it here at the Dean's List. We are, uh, we're happy to see Florida move in this direction. And we know that uh, Hillsdale College has, you know, been instrumental in getting this off the ground in Florida. And we hope that it continues in, in other states because, this uh, this trend towards leftism has got to stop, and we've got to turn it around. We've got to turn it around 180 degrees. we got to go in the direction from whence we came, friends. All right, that's all the time we have for today, America. I am grateful that you joined us. Encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age.